Welcome to Master the Pause with Marion Moss. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome to Master the Pause. I'm your host, Marion Moss. The way to expand your consciousness is through the control of your inhalation and exhalation. In these podcasts, my guests use breath consciousness as a way to work with their own health or with their clients and patients. The experiences of the use of the breath are broad and life-changing. Today, I'm going to be presenting Dr. Dale Bugle, and um, I'll be introducing him shortly. And I wanted to let you know if you want to subscribe to Master the Pause and stay inspired as you uh, to find your breath, please do so uh, and uh, submit a few stars and uh, also leave your comments. Uh, in the future, look for practical steps in meditation that's coming soon to your email and to Patreon. I'll be joining Patreon this week. Do look for that. Uh, this is June, July. And look for that under Master the Pause and enjoy meditation, personal stories, guest meditation teachers, and more information and tips on how to stay centered in your life. And now I'd like to introduce, welcome, Dr. Dale Bugle. Thank you, Dr. Dale, for joining us today. I've been taking your uh, Tantra courses recently, and um, I'm very, very inspired by them. I'm enjoying the energy fields that we're you're teaching us, and um, and now uh, Dr. Dale is or was initiated by the legendary yoga master Swami Rama in 1974. Dr. Bugle has practiced and taught yoga for more than 40 years. Dr. Bugle continues to work uh, continues the work of Swami Rama's dream to integrate. Oh. Uh, to integrate the ancient teachings of yoga with modern science and culture. Students around the world have appreciated Dr. Bugle's clear instruction and an explanation of the fine points of yoga practices. He is an ERYT certified and serves as faculty for a number of Yoga Alliance certified teaching programs. The current release of the book, Practical Samya Tantra, follows the prior release of Practical Yoga Sutras. Like the previous text, Practical Samya Tantra is a revisiting of the path of yoga originally outlined by the ancient sages. When Swami Rama initiated Dr. Bugle, he stated, I will always be with you. The practices presented in Practical Samya Tantra reflect the years of asadna attended to by the yoga master, capable of imparting teachings of the Himalayan tradition of yoga during dream and meditation, as well as during states of wakefulness. Swami Rama has kept his promise to this day. Dr. Bugle received his medical training from the University of Minnesota with postgraduate training from Northwestern University Medical School and the Medical College of Wisconsin while practicing complementary medicine and psychiatry for 25 years in both outpatient and inpatient settings. Dr. Bugle integrated his knowledge of yoga, bodywork disciplines, energetic healing modalities, homeopathy, and nutritional science with traditional treatment offerings. 
Dr. Bugle's energetic healing training in the disciplines of esoteric healing, Reiki, therapeutic touch, aspects of craniosacral therapy, and Russian psychic techniques have helped him to understand the effects of yoga practices on prana flows. And for those of you who don't know what prana is, it's, it's the life force. And um, it, it, it is, and, and Dr. Bugle might explain that a little bit further for us so we have a better understanding of prana. His continuing education in manual medicine at Michigan State University, as well as bodywork training in neuromuscular therapy, sports massage, lymphatic drainage, somatics, and shiatsu have allowed Dr. Dale to integrate many self-applied manual techniques into his yoga teacher, to, to his yoga teaching as an aid to hatha practice. Since retiring from active medical practice, Dr. Bugle now focuses on helping others to find what they need to realize balance, health, and bliss in their lives. You can follow him on Facebook. Dr. Do, do you use Dr. Bugle? Dr. Dale Bugle? I use uh, Dale Bugle. Okay. All right. And... Um, and his books are Practical Samya Tantra and Practical Yoga Sutras. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I, I understand we're going to have an experience of your teachings, which anytime you feel ready, please tell us about well, yourself. Thank you for inviting me today. Yes. Uh, when I started medical school, I actually started it with the goal of wanting to know what the limits of human potential were. Hmm. And initially, I was going to study uh, neurochemical research. And it didn't take me long into my studies to realize that uh, studying chemicals in the brain wasn't going to give me the answer that I wanted to, of what I wanted to know about human potential. And along around my sophomore year in medical school, I had started a I'd taken a meditation course for a few weeks from the meditation center at Minneapolis under uh, Dr. Usharbud Arya, who later became Swami Veda Bharati. And while I was doing some transcribing of some lectures at the center on some old dictaphone machine, I was busy using whiteout and blowing into the typewriter because <laughs> I wasn't that, that good uh, at uh, transcribing. But as I was doing that uh, one afternoon, this hand placed itself on my back. Uh, and this booming voice says, do you have trouble seeing, Sonny? Because I was blowing into the typewriter on the whiteout to correct my errors. And I, all this energy came up through the torso, up through the head, all this heat and, and energy. And I realized that in my graduate studies for uh, biochemistry and in my medical studies, I had no explanation for what had just happened to me. This effect mm -hmm. lasted for one to two hours. Hmm. And the person whose hand it was, was Swami Rama. Apparently he had been doing initiations in the building that day at the meditation center. And he'd come upstairs to where I was working and uh, basically initiated me with touch. Interesting. And bringing all those vibrations up. And that, that got me curious about what was that energy? What right, was the, right, what, right. The big just, question. 
<laughs> I, I had no explanation for it, but it did motivate me to do the practices that uh, he was able to teach. And I've continued to do those practices since 1974 and also have taught them in many settings, actually. What I'd like to share today are a practice that balances the two energies, the two primary energies. Many yogis today are, are familiar with practicing Hatha Yoga, but not so many I find understand what the actual translation of Hatha Yoga means. Yoga means the binding together. It's a verb in this context. And what it binds together are the ha and the ta. The practices of Hatha Yoga are designed to bind the two energies, the ha, the solar force, the chief energy channel of which is Pingala, and the left energy, the lunar energy force, of which the principal nadi or energetic channel is Ida. And when you bind those two together and put them in perfect balance, it activates a central energy called susumna, which can then be applied to whatever context and whatever content one is focusing upon. And when one does that, one begins to experience those states of awareness that are listed in the first book of the Yoga Sutras, the different states of consciousness, which uh, generally people see as samadhi or term as samadhi. That perfect balance takes some time to, to master that and to be able to experience that. But the result of it is this incredible bliss that accompanies it. Consciousness simply goes into this incredible bliss when the energies come to perfect balance. And it seems that the world could use a, a bit more bliss these days. Oh, yes, yes. And to know that we can create it right, it right in front of us, literally, on the tip of our nose, that is uh, so practical for us. Uh, somehow in our cultures, we have forgotten who we truly are and have immersed ourselves in all this negativity and fear, uh, a lot of negative emotions that hinder our ability to perceive who we are and hinder our ability to balance energies and experience the bliss. And when we don't have uh, the knowledge on how to uh, use our faculties, our special faculties that we've been gifted with, uh, we then become sort of a, a sponge for negative input and, and from what I noticed yes. or any kind of input, I suppose. When, when you become more centered and start to experience the bliss, a lot of the stuff that people take in and react to, uh, it's not like you don't know about it and you don't experience it, but you aren't attached to the emotions. You don't take them in and, and make them the main part of your consciousness. There, there was uh, 
a statement that a, a couple of artists have noticed uh, when people do kirtan, do this chanting and achieve yeah. this state of bhakti, that they uh, they find people less irritating <laughs> after they have that kind of an experience. And the, the same is true when you go into the bliss of meditation. Things tend to, uh, you, you don't have an attachment to the emotions that tend to arise from situations. Uh, and you don't have that that reaction that can affect your balance, can affect your health. Instead, mm -hmm. you, you maintain the steadiness and put yourself in a position where you can be more helpful as opposed to simply responding to what is coming your way. One of the keys is, is balancing the, the ha and the ta. Hatha yoga in the, the Samaya Tantra tradition is considered the preliminaries about how to begin to balance the energies and how to put oneself in a, a both physical symmetry, which affects the energetics and uh, better health, which also affects the energetics and makes it easier to achieve the, the balance of the ha and the ta. When we do hatha yoga, Most, many people who've done hatha yoga are familiar with the term ashtanga yoga, which usually gets translated as the eight limbs of yoga. You know, the yamas, niyamas, asana, pranayama, uh, sense withdrawal or pratyahara, dharana or concentration, dhyana or meditation and samadhi, an expansion of consciousness. But Ashtanga Yoga does, is, doesn't literally translate as the eight limbs of yoga. It translates as the union of eight limbs. Hmm. These branches of yoga, these steps of yoga are meant to be practiced with each other, not separately. And we, we forget that. Sometimes we, you know, uh, we distract ourselves while we're doing our Hatha Yoga. Instead of attending to the subtle energetic events that are happening in Hatha Yoga, we, we put on loud music or whatever we do to occupy the mind somehow while right, we're right. going through poses. And what I've found for myself, if I want to begin to balance the energetics, I have to start paying attention to them while I'm doing asana practice. And there's mm -hmm. some very simple things that you can do. The right and the left energy, the ha and the ta, are very much related to uh, breath in terms of nostril dominance. And one of the ways to begin to uh, modulate, if you will, the balance between the ha and the ta is to pay attention to that nostril dominance. When we breathe, one nostril tends to have more airflow than another. And this switches every one and a half to three hours. One of the ways to work with asana practice, for example, if you're, if you're sitting erect and lining up the major chakras from the crown of the head to the tip of the tailbone, and you move yourself into a spinal twist while still keeping the alignment from the crown of the head to the tip of the tailbone, mm -hmm. the nostril that's closest to the front, when you draw your head in and rotate to look over the back shoulder, that nostril closest to the front is going to try to have more airflow. It's going to try to become more dominant. It tends to activate that particular nadi associated with the nostril. Pingala is associated with the right nostril. Ida associated with the left nostril. Mm -hmm. 
So when you, when you turn yourself, you you start you can if you turn yourself towards the active nostril. If your right nostril is more active and you rotate your head to the right, the left nostril will tend to open up more, which is also true when you're sitting in a meditation posture. Once the left nostril is active, if you rotate back to the left towards that dominant nostril, then the right nostril will try to activate. It's one of the ways to start training the energetics to shift from one side to the other. And ultimately what happens when you do that is your nostrils tend to be closer to balance than they usually are. They don't, they don't go as far to one side or the other as they might if you don't attend to it and train the nostrils to do that. When you're doing a, a trikonasana or some sort of angle pose, Right. And you know that the same thing happens. The nostril closest to the ceiling will be more open. If you draw your head in and rotate towards that open nostril, you can balance. You can activate the nostril closer to the ground to balance and become equal to the one closer to the ceiling. The purpose of head rotation when you're practicing sensing the pranas with your asana practice the purpose of head rotation in trikonasana is to find that balance point. It's mm. not to be looking at the ceiling or looking past your shoulder or, you know, some sort of artificially defined uh, way to have the posture look like a picture in a book. The purpose of rotating the head in those poses is to achieve energetic balance between the ha and the tha. That's why it's called hatha yoga. Once you start to attend to those subtleties, even if you aren't sensing prana directly or sensing the energy directly, it's possible to start to bring those energies closer to balance. Some people also do what's called Nadi Shodana, which is alternate nostril breathing for those who know that practice. What that does, uh, what my teacher used to tell me that does is he called it purification of the, ner of the nervous system. It's not necessarily meant to balance the, the ha and the tha so much, to balance the, the nostril dominance so much as it is to get the central nervous system to settle down and be less of a distraction when one tries to meditate. What I'd like to share is, is a practice about how to balance the ha and the tha, how to balance pingala and itta, uh, and look for that central channel of awareness called susumna. Yeah, well, let's do that. Or mystical states. So it's helpful to have the major chakras lined up, the major energy centers. If you're sitting, you should have a naturally erect spine where the rib cage is not compressing the belly. Or one can simply lie down on one's back and make oneself comfortable. And also to have enough covering to stay warm because blood vessels dilate when you relax. And if you're in a chilly room, you can become chilled by the end of the practice. The first thing I'd ask you to do 
is pay attention to the movement of the breath. One of the easiest ways to do that is to pay attention, pick a center point of your navel. And as you inhale, the diaphragm will push down against the abdominal contents and that navel will move toward the ceiling. The muscles between your ribs can stay relaxed. For diaphragmatic breathing as a technique, there's nothing really for all the accessory muscles of breathing in the chest to do except relax. So on the inhale, the navel moves toward the ceiling. If you want to experience what the diaphragm is actually doing, when you think you've inhaled fully with the diaphragm by contracting the diaphragm and pressing down against the abdominal contents with that muscle we call the diaphragm, contract it a little bit more, extend that inhalation a little bit more until you find the end point of the diaphragm's contraction. And you can do that two or three times to get some experience about where is that moment of transition going to be between the inhale and the exhale. If you do that, the breath becomes very fine at the end of that extended inhalation and it's possible to, possible to make a perfectly smooth transition to the exhale. It also is Ayurvedically, it's one of the treatments for depression to extend that inhalation and complete the contraction of the diaphragm. It creates neurotransmitter effects uh, and it seems to intensify many of the physiological responses of relaxation. On the exhale, you draw the navel toward the spine smoothly, slowly, and just before the exhalation ends, you gently begin the contraction of the diaphragm and start to release the abdominal musculature gradually and allow the, the belly to move toward the ceiling again. In the beginning, it's helpful to try to make the inhalation and the exhalation approximately equal length. I don't recommend counting the breath because people tend to have an irregularity in the breath when they count. If you watch their bellies, and I used to watch them in class. If you watch the belly in the class, if they're counting, they'll have slight pause with each count if they aren't used to doing the technique. So I don't recommend counting the breath to get that even inhalation and even exhalation. Simply begin to sense it some people like to extend the exhalation a bit more than the inhalation. The only risk if you do that is that people tend to fall asleep if they aren't used to doing it because that's what the body does naturally. The exhalation extends as people fall asleep. So if you can keep it relatively even and master the smoothness, that will help prepare you for the next step of balancing the energies. The exhalation can be used to relax any tension points you have in the body. Before people go into the next step, I do recommend that they focus on relaxing the neck, the jaw, the corners of the mouth, 
I recommend they attend to the muscles around their cheekbones to relax those. I recommend they relax the muscles that control the eyebrows and the forehead, smoothing out the forehead. And then focus on the eyes themselves. When you focus on the eyes, you start to bring the awareness inward. You can gaze into the lids and see the darkness behind the lids. You can also look for the warmth of the eyelids against your eyeballs, just as a way to start to attend to something more subtle than what the mind usually offers. After a few breaths, then pay attention to the flow of the breath in the nostrils. If you sense that one nostril is more active than the other, then pay attention to that nostril initially. If you can't decide which is nostril, just pick one. And as you inhale, as you bring the air in, try to identify the point in that nostril that is the absolute coolest when you inhale. See if you can narrow it down to the size of a head of a pin. Find that point in the nostril that's the absolute coolest when you inhale. And then pay attention to the temperature at that point, the coolness on the inhale, and watch for that moment of transition to warmth on the exhale at that single point. For people who are more visually oriented, sometimes they'll start to experience a point of light at that point of coolness. And that light can tend to dissolve into the energy that moves through that point on the inhale and the energy that moves out through that point on the exhale. If you have some training in meditation and you're used to using a mantra that times well with the breath, such as Om or Soham, and particularly so hum, so on the inhale, hum, on the exhale. If you use a mantra, put the vibration of the mantra at the point in the nostril. Don't simply have it as a thought somewhere in your head usually, but put the vibration of the sound in your mind right at the point of coolness in that nostril and that point of warmth in the nostril on the exhale. And the vibration of the sounds may also flow inward on the inhale and outward on the exhale with that stream of energy that accompanies the breath on the inhale and the exhale, moving through that single point that you've identified.
Then shift your awareness to the opposite nostril and go through the same process. Identify the point in the opposite nostril that is the absolute coolest when you inhale. And let your attention reside on that single point, sensing the coolness on the inhale, watching for that moment of transition to warmth on the exhale. Sensing the light or the vibration of the mantra if you choose to do that. As you focus on a nostril, you might start to notice that the flow in the nostril tends to increase. Once you've identified the point of focus in each nostril, then focus on both of those points, one in each nostril, those points that are the absolute coolest when you inhale. Focus on them simultaneously with exactly equal level of focus to each of the points, one in the right nostril, one in the left nostril. And if you draw a line between those two points, an energetic line, look for the motion along that line that identifies the dance that the right and the left energy do with each other. Pingala and Ida are these large spiraling energies from the tip of your tailbone to the center in the skull called Agni Chakra. And they dance with each other side to side. If you sense that dance along the line between the two points in the nostrils. See if you can make the amplitude equal to each side. People who are tactically oriented might find that a useful practice. When the nostrils start to balance, when the right and the left energy start to balance, that dance, when the energies are perfectly balanced, will cease. 
as you are approaching that, your awareness will, will get an invitation to attend to the space between the airflows, somewhere between the indentation above the upper lip, through the tip of the nose, the nose bridge, the space between the eyebrows up to a gateway on the forehead called Trikuti Chakra. If you get that invitation to attend to the space between the nostrils, then watch the energies move in while you're inhaling along that plane of energy that divides the right and the left. Then watch the energy flow outward along that plane during your exhalation. If that central channel starts to fill your awareness, you will start to experience that bliss that I felt when my teacher initiated me for the first time. When you're ready to come out of a, a subtle practice like that, come out gradually, pay attention to the motion of the belly with the breath, gently move the fingers and toes, stretch the limbs a little bit, Feel the warmth and radiance in the palms. Bring that up to nourish your eyes. And when you're ready, gradually open your eyes into that warmth and radiance. If you've been practicing for some time, it's best to move gradually. If you're on your lying down, roll to one side rather than trying to do a sit up, but move deliberately and gradually, because when your body becomes very relaxed, if you move suddenly, you can actually strain some ligaments and tendons. So move gradually, come out of the practice gradually. And then I hope, I hope you find it helpful. It's a lovely meditation. I, I can barely speak. I'm so relaxed. <clears throat> What I did feel, Dr. Dale, is uh, in this meditation is an energy going up my spine and my spine becoming very erect and very stable during that time. So, and I have a question about the place of coolness that ends up being the coolest. Is that cool spot, which can be anywhere along the, the nostril, is that related to anything specific? It, it's just a way to hone the focus. Okay. You can pay attention to the streams of coolness generally. When you inhale, yes. streams of warmth generally when you exhale. And, and many traditions teach it that way. Uh, the practice I just talked about finding the coolest point was one that was uh, taught to me by Swami Veda uh, decades oh. ago. And I found it useful as a practice for people who are starting to uh, want to experience something on uh, closer to an energetic level and to hone their focus to something more subtle. It is nice to be able to focus the cool spot on, on the right and then find it on the left and then combine the two. That, that was a very, very practical and simple way to find it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah lovely. The mind doesn't like to focus on two things simultaneously. Right, right, so, right. I found it wanted to go higher up. Yep. 
or it, or it wants to uh, go from one side to the other and keep switching. Exactly. Time. Yeah. If it starts to do that, uh, sometimes you can time time that desire of the mind to follow the the natural dance between the right and the uh-huh. left. Hand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bring the practice to a more subtle level. Uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful. Um, what seems more advanced than beginning, but if we take it slow and we are mindful, we can really find a lot of peace and balance in that practice. So I, many people, all they really need to do if they're if they're just trying to uh, find a way to be in a more relaxed state is to learn to work with the breath and to start to perfect diaphragmatic breathing. My, my teacher was very clear that if you perfected diaphragmatic breathing mm. and really perfected mastering those pauses at the end of inhalation, at the end of exhalation, you could achieve any state of awareness that you chose. Well, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, the mastering the pause, the the eternal pause that goes on forever. Is there anything else you'd like to add today? This, what was presented today is a, is a small taste of the different techniques that are, are possible to learn as you explore, particularly the energetic system and uh, start to initiate your own practice. When the first Yoga Sutra says, uh, now begins the exposition of yoga. And what what is not said is that you are the one who's going to be doing the exposition of yoga through the experience of your practice. And that exposition of those states of awareness talked about in the first book of the Yoga Sutras, leading to samadhi and so forth, you begin with that energetic balance and mastering mm. that energetic balance between the right and the left energy. Beautiful. Well, that's a wonderful place to complete our our um, our session today. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to have you guide us. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Me. Namaste. Namaste. I'm going to uh, let let um, let our guests know uh, how to, again, reach you. And I wanted to bring that up earlier. You can follow, on, uh, follow Dr. Bagel on uh, Facebook. Find links to where Dr. Bagel is teaching frequently on vitalitymatters.org. And his books, again, are Practical Samya Tantra and, and Practical Yoga Sutras for those of you who want to... Uh, get into more of the curiosity of your own body and your energy and explore that as, as he's done for many, many years. Thank you again. So I'd like to thank everyone to uh, thank you for joining us today and please again, subscribe to masterthepause.com and stay inspired as you to find your breath two times a month. You'll find 
You'll be notified of new inspirations with my guests. To get notifications, use the subscribe button. Please leave your comments and ratings on the podcast and let us know what you enjoyed most. Thank you for joining us today. All the best for your peace of mind. Blessings. This is your host, Marion Moss, with Master of the Pause. Till next time. <music>